Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. Getting into some NFL talk. Getting into a little MLB talk. Drew Holiday is traded. Finishes out that Damian Lillard trade. Maybe we'll get into some emo Jimmy uh, as well. Uh, and, of course, getting more of your text here on the text line. Talking to you guys, you make the show go 512-337-3, 512-447-3776 is the new text line number. Uh, but, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more Texas and Kansas. We asked you on the text line, 512-447-3776, uh, who is your MVP from Kansas? Getting some lot of good answers on that. Uh, we do get a... Yours is still young and learning from Oklahoma, Greg. Yours is still young and learning, but Sark will continue to make sure he has success and confidence in the OU game. I think that's one of the things that Sark is doing well with with Yours this year is figuring out that he wanted he wanted to give Yours his confidence by getting the ball downfield and making those big plays because everything for Sark started and ended with that long the the big plays and the the explosive plays. That was where it was, and if you don't have those, you can't win. And when he realized, well, we can kind of get the, he looked, I think what he saw was the other teams doing it against Texas. And he said, oh, well, we can get those. Anybody can get explosive plays. You know, you just, they happen. But if you're forcing them, they don't always happen. So what you need is you need to get the rest of the game. And then the explosive plays will happen inside of that. How do we get Ewers to feel confident? We just kind of give him reads and options that he can he can function under and find the guy with the man. And I don't care if it's we really wanted this play to go this way, but instead of telling him in in you know in the meetings, hey, we're really hoping we can bust a big one. Xavier Worthy's on the outside, and him trying to force that one in. Then man, Adonai Mitchell's on the other side, and he's uh he's wide out. He's getting man coverage. He's gonna win that. And, you know, there was a couple plays, and Jay Witt's open. Go get the ball to Jay Witt. You know, he threw a couple of them off, but they worked. So I, I love it. I love what Ewers is doing right now, and I love how Sark is using him. Uh, Piper has said that uh, we need the offensive line and Jay Brooks to control the clock and plus 100 yards rushing. JB for MVP. I said at the beginning of the season, we were talking about running, and it, it kind of concerned me that Sark kept acting like there wasn't a starting running back. And in his mind, there wasn't yet. I don't know if what his game was, or you know, we, we may never know what the entirety of what was going in uh, going on in Sark's mind. But Sark at the beginning of the season was saying, "I don't know, you know, no one's really set themselves set themselves apart as a, as a running back." So you know, and then week one, he puts Baxter out there. He said, "Jonathan Brooks should be a third year guy. We've seen what he can do. We've seen him play. He should be the guy." But I don't know why, but the fact that he wasn't getting those reps because he wasn't getting the the acknowledgement from Sark, he said, I don't know, and I don't believe he's going to be the guy. C.J. Baxter gets hurt in that Alabama game, and whatever Sark did, whether it was was calculated that he was just trying to get Jonathan Brooks to put in that little bit of extra effort, whether what it was, we saw him do what we asked him to do, which was step up and take the position. Don't wait for it to be yours. Take the position. 
and you can't say anything, but since Alabama, in the second half of the Alabama game, he has taken the running back position, and he has no signs of giving it back. So it's And it's a huge, huge difference in game now that you say, oh, no, no, not, not that we have a running game, but we have an explosive, crazy good running game that anybody that now you have to overly prepare for. There's, I'm sure there's some guy, Brett Venables is sitting right now and having to say, well, what are we, you know, what are we going to pick our poison? Are we going to try and shut down the running game and, and let Quinn Ewers try and beat us? Before we thought, well, we have to shut down Quinn Ewers and then let the running game try and beat us. But we've seen every other team has tried that. And Jonathan Brooks starts beating him so bad, they have to come up and then Quinn Ewers just taking what they give him and he goes off and beats him. It's a completely different game plan this season with everything going on, but Jonathan Brooks adds a huge element that, you know, from that, from the the bowl game last year where the running game was almost non-existent, caught tex, cost Texas the game, to now, night and day difference. We get blind Longhorn fan. Did the morning show just say Brooks is Bijan and Roshan? No, he said they're pieces of them. So he, he said he took part of both of their games. Uh, so, yeah, they did not. It is not just. It is not just them. And the MVP is back spasms. That, that's a kind of reductive way to look at it. To say that this team, if Jalen Daniels played, that Texas would have lost or whatever. You know, if you want to hate on Texas, hate on Texas. But I don't know if that's the case. I think Texas, I think when you say a guy ran for 200 yards against the defense, that might be a bigger MVP than Jalen Daniels, who could have had a good game. And like a blind or longhorn fan, Brennan Thompson is going off against Texas and showing Sark what he missed out on. I don't believe that's going to be the case. I, he could have a big play, though. He could have had a good play. Brennan Thompson was good. He wasn't, he just wasn't ever in that world of trust that Sark is so uh, devoted to. He really wants to trust his guy. Brennan Thompson dropped too many passes, and that will end up pushing you out. Uh, we get from Scarlet. It is RRR week. That's hard to say too. RRR week is just as hard as the Red River rivalry. Which, by the way, if you are at a bar and you want to make sure anybody's is uh, still allowed to drink at the bar if they're not too drunk, just make them say Red River rivalry. It's one of the reasons why Bud is one of the the biggest drinks because you can say just give me a Bud. In Miller Light, it's harder to say the drunker you get. So Bud, give me Bud Light. Easy to say drunk. It's great marketing. It was a wonderful weekend for Texas sports. Rangers clinched, Strohs clinched, Texans won, Cowboys won, and our Longhorns won. It was a great weekend. I enjoyed it. And as an Astros fan, I enjoyed it because that that uh, Sunday, watching the Cowboys blown away from it so I could focus somewhat on the uh, from the Astros and Rangers. It was a, it was a lot of fun. This year's Horns look to get stronger as the game progresses instead of struggling to finish or even maintain intensity. That is a lot of what it is, is that rotation on the defense I think is helping a lot with Sark. That damn sideways screen against OK against okay will go for negative yards and two turnovers. I hate that play. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. Uh, I know he's trying to set it up because he's trying to set other things up, and he loves the, the two-way pass on that as well and seeing if it's there. Uh, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I think he goes to it too much. And my dad even texted me that. It's like, why does he keep running this play? I'm like, I get what he's doing, but you don't need to do it as much as he's doing it. Uh, man, I'm not going to lie. From Coach from Coach Cornuts, man, I'm not going to lie. I'm super excited about uh, the Texans again. My gut said Demico Ryans was the right guy, but it was hard to believe it. Lo- believe it first. Love the way the team is playing. Hoping they get only they only get back 
Uh, better when some guys get back from injury. I'm close to putting $100 on them to win the AFC South because nobody else here is going to run away with it right now. Another texter, impressive by impressive job by D'Amico Ryan's Texans defense and how well rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud is playing despite the injuries on the line. Uh, yeah, if you look at the AFC South right now, we'll get into a little NFL. We'll get back to your text in just a second. Uh, if you look at the the AFC South right now, I just saw a tweet about it, which I, I just retweeted. If you follow me on Twitter, at It's Patrick Davis, you can find it there. Uh, but basically showing the AFC South is very on brand. Everybody is 2-2. Two and two, And if you look at the point differentials of most of these teams, they're, the point differential of points scored and points against for these teams through four weeks is all within three points, except for the Texans. The Texans have actually pulled away from that by putting up some big numbers. The Texans are playing really impressive. They get that 30-6 win over the Steelers. They're starting to figure out how to use Damian Pierce in this lineup a lot more. Bobby Slowick's progression is one of the more impressive things about this because Bobby Slowick, the the offensive coordinator that came over from from San Francisco, and I talked about this on Baltimore Live with Rod, what we were worried about with the Texans is you're worried about that this this coaching staff basically came in with no no experience. Everyone was doing the be- the biggest job they'd ever done, and so now the Texans are starting to figure out some of those things. You know, they're dealing with a ton of injuries. They had a third stringer uh, offensive lineman at four of the five positions. Shaq Mason, God bless him, is the only guy out there who is a original starter. The guy they traded for. So you know, it's a. It's been a crazy year of offensive line and moving around, but Bobby Slowick is learning very quickly of how to deal with those things, moving stuff around, putting different, you know, the, uh, massive credit to the wide receivers. If you watch a game and wide receivers blocking and having to get into this and going to the outside where you're letting guys come in on the inside and trying to funnel guys through the middle more as uh, run blockers, and then on the outside, you know, relying on wide receivers to break some of these plays open, that's how they're getting some of these runs. It's just been a masterful job to try and get them ready. And C.J. Stroud right now is playing like clearly the rookie of the year front runner. But you know, got to give Texans fans a ton of hope. I, D'Amico Ryan's, I think he's done a great job. J.J. Watt was in town this weekend, uh, being put in the Ring of Honor, and he was talking about how D'Amico Ryan's not only has this massive defensive knowledge, but a lot of times guys that have that have a hard time transferring that knowledge to the players that are on the field of how do you get them to make the reads and how do you get them to step up and play it a better way. And he's been able to do that. So defensively, this team is stepping up. We knew when uh, Jalen Petrie, we came back that it was going to help out with, with Ward and Petrie back there, Jimmy Ward and, and Jalen Petrie as the safeties. It was going to shore up this secondary a lot. You hope Stingley's able to come back and, and this secondary could be something pretty special for the Texans. Uh, but yeah, definitely exciting to see them come out. The Steelers just didn't look good in that game ever. And, you know, they're they're dealing with their own stuff. But I, I wouldn't discount the Texans. They don't have that hard of a schedule. You know, you're playing against the AFC South, which isn't great. You're playing against some other, you know, divisions that aren't great. You you don't have the hardest schedule in the NFL this year. You can come out of this and win six games, I think. You know, I think five or six games is not, unma- is not unbelievable. Now, some people are saying AFC South. I'm not sure if they're there yet. You'd have to see them be able to sustain this type of play. I'm not sure they're there yet, but uh, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Chief Engineer, it's rare two top picks work out. Will Anderson and, St- and C.J. Stroud showing out. I agree with you. That That is something that's crazy that, you know, you did you gave up a lot for those picks, but they seem to be working out right now. Uh, Nick Casario saving his job. Saving his job. Uh, the popcorn man is check, just checking in to say Texas OU week and OU still sucks. I appreciate that. 
It is uh, 618, and OU still sucks. Both lines is what you're giving uh, the MVP from Mr. Carolina, both both offensive and defensive line. Yeah, the, the lines are playing great right now. Uh, we see that with Jonathan Brooks, of course, going for 218. You can't say that the offensive line is not playing up to par or the defensive line when you're stopping Kansas from what they're doing. You need to be physical. We, you know, we how many all have the, the oldest cliche in the book? You know, you you start winning games at the line, and and coaches try and get away from that when they can't recruit the line. The pancake factory, and now the defensive line. You're you're really starting to build that up, and I think Sark has done a great job with you know kind of figuring out the type of players he wants. It was born the Red River Shootout, and it will die the Red River Shootout. I you know none of it matters. It's Texas OU. That's what I call it. I call it Texas OU because that's that's easier to say. That's what it is. I know they want to call it. I never called the Red River Shootout either, by the way. I never, I never needed the fancy name for it because I, I cared about what was on there. I know they want to do it for, it's all for marketing. So it's the so-and-so Red River Rivalry or so-and-so Red River Shootout. I'm not going to say the name of that. Then I don't got to say the other thing. It's called Texo U. We don't got to give it a fancy name. I know they want to make it. Look, the best name there is for all of those, the best name. And by the way, you can send in what you think the best name is for, uh, for a for a rivalry game. You can send that in. I'd love to hear if you have a better one. I know what the the best one in my mind is Bedlam. And that's for all for all their events. It's not just one game, but it's Bedlam. It's just a great name. It's one word. It means like craziness and in you know, all I'm all for it. Bedlam is the best for me. Just one word. Just give me one word that's easy to say. I like that. So if you had a better rivalry name, or if you want to rename the Red River rivalry, because I can't even say it now. 512-447-3776. Send that in. I appreciate it. Uh, Jonathan Brooks resembles of Jamal Charles at times. I could see that in the years Horns look to get stronger as game progresses instead of struggling to finish. Yeah, I uh, Brooks does resemble Jamal Charles. He resembles a lot of guys. He has a lot of pieces of a lot of players, and that's what Aaron was saying earlier, uh, was it's you know pieces of Bijan, pieces of Roshan. It looks like he's got a lot of different pieces in it's scary to think that if he ever finally puts it together to you know to to have his own identity, but right now you, I don't know how much better you could expect Jonathan Brooks to be playing, just putting all these pieces together and becoming this kind of Megatron of all these players. He's not Bijan of everything. He's not Roshan of everything Roshan could do. He's not everything Jamal Charles could do. But he's putting those pieces together and looks really really good. I feel that, uh, blind longer fan, I feel Sark is still holding back some wrinkles that he will unleash on Oklahoma, like more attempts at punt blocking. Yes, the punt blocking has been disappointing. You want to see more of that. I think he's been playing it safe in the first half because he doesn't want to give up a big penalty and get behind, which I get. You don't want to You don't want to kind of go for it, give him a first down, score a touchdown, and now you're down, you're trying to fight back, and it just kind of, you know, you know, really, the defense doesn't like it because now they're, you know, special teams screwed it up. And then in the second half, by the time they get to the point where you can kind of go for it, they put up those 21 points so fast that all of a sudden you don't want to go for it because now you're it's run up the score. So I think that there's only been like three or four punts where he really feels like he could go for it, and they've kind of gone for some of it, but I do want to see one as well. I think last year you had to go for it more because you just weren't playing as well as you were this year. Daydrinker77 says Sark for MVP. He made adjustments and got the job done in the second half. I like that. Uh, I would still I'd still give it to Jonathan Brooks because if Jonathan Brooks doesn't run as well as he does, that game plan doesn't work as well. Uh, and also because Sark refused to uh Sark refused to 
run the ball in the in the red zone over and over until the fourth quarter, until the third and fourth quarter. Uh, if you would have done that the first half, we could have been even uh, quicker. Uh, I do want to get some Cowboys talk real quick before we get to break. Uh, the Cowboys went 38-3 against the Patriots. There's not a ton to go through in this. Uh, we did see the running game. Uh, Tony Pollard only gets 11 carries. We talked about it last week. He had more carries than anybody else uh, through the first three weeks. Any other running back. So you saw them try and pull back on that. They had the lead. Give him a little bit of rest. Pull him back because they do need him for a long season. Rico Doddle ends up going out there. Playing okay, but gets hurt when we talked. Uh, Ty Henderson actually brought it up to my attention. And I thought it was a good point that he wanted to see uh, Rico Doddle get some more carries. He definitely would have in this game. However, he ends up getting hurt. Gets uh, hit in the hip. And uh, he is being evaluated right now. So they put in Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn's not that guy in that position. I don't know if he'll ever be at that kind of running back. I think you can use him in packages. But where he was used, he just didn't ever get it going. You're going to have to figure out something. If Rico Doddle is not your guy, and I know the injury now kind of sets that back a little bit, you're going to have to find another running back. If Tony Pollard goes down right now, I don't know how that offense keeps going. Dak Prescott looked pretty good. They're, they're, they're killing the teams they're supposed to kill. You kind of want that if you're a Cowboys fan. You want to see them kill the teams they're supposed to kill. But, you know, you can't you, you can't just rely on killing the teams you want to kill. So, we're, you know, you're playing San Francisco this week. This is the week that you kind of have to pull out all the stops and see if Dak Prescott is able to play against the defense with the rush coming in. When the defense, now that you're not playing with the lead, that you have to go out and try and make some bigger plays. Are you going to be able to get Brandon Cooks more involved? I don't know why Brandon Cooks does not seem to still be involved. CeeDee Lamb made some huge plays. You got him more involved. Michael Gallup looks good. Uh, but, yeah, Tony Pollard, they were saving him up clearly for next week because it's a huge game against San Francisco. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll talk some NBA. We'll read some more of your texts, and uh, we'll talk about what the Texas did. I want to play this clip about Rod Babers, Malik Ogbo, and JT Sanders. It's interesting stuff. Uh, I'm going to play all that for you when we get back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both i know the version of me is she perverted like me would she go down on back on the sports complex here on the horn uh playing some hate songs for you this week you know uh, you know, because it's Texas OU week, and it's uh, six twenty nine, and uh, OU still sucks. So we're playing some hate songs here on the Sports Complex. You got any good hate song sentiment too? I don't have the full playlist picked this week, but well, you know, you guys are driving the show. You know that five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Bevo Angel does say uh, Texas proved they're an elite defense against Kansas. By the way, the Longhorns found their number one running backs in Jonathan Brooks. 
I, I don't know if I say elite because Jalen Daniels didn't play. You were playing against a backup quarterback who didn't get first uh, rep snaps. You did allow two big plays over the top. You probably could have held this team to seven or or six or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't. I still not gonna say elite. Uh, you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put them out there that they're doing really really well. I do think they're a national championship defense. So I won't say elite. I won't say this defense is one of the best all time until because that's kind of elite. You have to be that you're you're thought in the the pantheon of greats. I wouldn't put them there yet because we're only five games in. They I they have a chance to be. You know, I think you may need. You know, you didn't really get as many turnovers as you would liked in this game. So maybe a couple of turnovers. But again, you beat Oklahoma. You come in there and show Oklahoma who's boss, and and you go against a Dylan Gabriel, who we assume is playing. You got to say that now. You're a Texas fan because too many weeks has we've gotten a backup quarterback, so we assume Dylan Gabriel is playing, and uh, no reason to not assume he would. Uh, but you get if you can slow down Dylan Gabriel, this Oklahoma offense that has looked pretty good. You know the SMU game they were slowed down, uh, Cincinnati game they were slowed down. So I think you can slow them down, but if you hold them to you know under 15 points, then that's where this defense steps up to another level. But Jalen Ford, uh, Jade Barron leading this team right now, uh, Tavondre Sweat on the defensive line, Barron, uh, Byron Murphy, it's, they're looking really good. They're just looking really good. So I, I'm with you. I'm not going to go elite yet. I'm just not going to say it yet. I want to get through one more game before I'm going to give them this could be that team, but we'll see. Talk about rivalry names because I don't care for Red River rivalry. None of us do. Uh, Oregon versus Oregon State. The Civil War is a pretty badass name for a rivalry. I like it, but it's, it seems it seems too manufactured. Still, I need something that's kind of one person thing. I like it. It's better than Red River Shootout. It's better than Red River Rivalry because neither team's on the Red River either. Like I get that's in between us, but as far like I just don't. I don't think either team really associates with the Red River. You know, I, you know, I get Texas here, and you can go, but I, I don't associate with it. You know, I used to drink a lot on Red River and go see a bunch of bands down there on the street. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I say it's never been the name for me, but I just call it Texas OU. But if you got a better nickname, you want to throw out there, go for that one. Man, Nate says, Dak played well. Someone can say that today instead of how bad the Pats are. Look, I, the Pats are terrible. We know that. Mac Jones has not been able to step up. Bill O'Brien hasn't been able to figure out this offense and, and get them where they need to be. We know that. The, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, as much as everybody was trying to make it because he had that one big game where he was able to run for 80 yards, everybody thought he was going to blow it out. I think he had six, yards for six, uh, 16, six carries for 16 yards. Didn't look like he did anything big. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson did okay. The, the offense, that, just the, the, the Pats do suck. I agree. You can look at this Cowboys team and say they beat, they beat three bad teams. We know Zach Wilson showed up against the Chiefs last night. We know that. I, I, I'm with you. It, we, a lot more is going to be explained when we see them against the 49ers in week five. When we get to next Monday, when everybody's going to be either freaking out or drinking Kool-Aid, Cowboys are taking on the 49ers. Texas takes on OU. Rangers are in the playoff. Astros are in the playoffs. Hopefully the Rangers are playing, you know, the Rangers and Astros wouldn't meet until the ALCS, and boy, that would be a great ALCS. I'd love to see that. Love to see that, especially because I'm an Astros fan, and, you know, the Astros have kind of had the Rangers number. But, yeah, that's it's going to be a big weekend in sports here. I'm with you on that, Nate. I'm with you that we can't say that much. Chief Engineer Deuce Vaughn, an old-school scat back, useful in certain situations, 
not a workhorse. I agree, he's not a workhorse, but I, you don't even need him to be a workhorse. You need him to get 10 carries and be able to average three yards a carry. He can't do that. I'm not asking for him to carry 25, 30 times a game and be a workhorse. Like, Tony Pollard was more the guy who said, I don't know if he can be a workhorse, but I don't know. Uh, Nate, uh, Ugly Kid Joe, already played that song this morning. Already play, or not this morning. Already played it. First song I played. Easy out. Get it out of the way. I hate everything about you. Yeah, it's an easy one. Uh, what does TJ Horn say? The River War. I don't know. I don't know about that one either. It's closer. It's closer. The River Horn. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on the River War. So I'm not on that one. I, I do want to mention something about the NBA real quick before, and I'm going to play this other clip for you. We're going to try and get to everything. Uh, Drew Holiday was traded to the Celtics uh, to close out that that trade with Damian Lillard, where Damian Lillard uh, traded the the Blazers end up with or traded the Bucks. Blazers end up with DeAndre Ayton. They end up getting Drew Holiday. They say they're going to trade him. They trade him to the Celtics. I don't get this trade to the Celtics at all. Not a real fan of it. I know a lot of people are. Robert Williams is a good player. But you can't play him in the same time as DeAndre Aiden. So now you've traded for two guys in the trade that can't be on the court at the same time because neither one can stretch the floor. And if you do that, you're basically taking Scoot Henderson out of the game because you can't tell him he's just going to shoot threes and not be able to drive. Helps the defense out too much. So I, don't, I just don't like that. I don't think I don't think that's a solid trade. I don't unless you're planning to trade one of them again. You know, in two or three months, I don't like getting two guys in a trade that you can't play together. And Malcolm Brogdon, they said they didn't want to guard. You basically added Robert Williams to that trade. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's kind of a poor man's Drew Holiday. He's a good six man. Maybe that's what you're going to use him for. Hopefully he comes through, but he's only three years younger than Drew Holiday. You get another 2029 first-round pick that may be good, maybe not. The 2025 first-round pick from Golden State does nothing for you, does absolutely nothing. It's a late first-round pick. You maybe get a guy who maybe plays on your bench in a couple years, but nothing big out of that. I, I just don't get it. And for Boston – you know, Drew Holiday's a great, you know, it's a step up. And now Derek White can go to your bench, be a really good bench player. Maybe you move off him, but Drew Holiday, I get you want to add him in because you lost Marcus Smart. But I don't know who's protecting the rim there anymore. I know Robert Williams missed a lot of games, but Porzingis ain't a rim protector. He don't want to be. I don't think this, I don't know who, unless you're going to listen to Drew Holiday. Are you going to listen to him? Because Missoula is not a leader. He hasn't shown that he's been a leader so far. Jason Tatum doesn't listen to him. Jalen Brown doesn't listen to him. I, I, is Porzingis going to listen? Who's going to lead this team? I I know people are all up on it. I don't I don't see it with the Celtics. I don't feel like they I don't feel like they're tough enough right now. Can they be tough? I don't feel it for them at all. Somebody who is tough. J.T. Sanders gets rolled up on in the game. J.T. Sanders gets rolled up. Uh, misses some of the game. We don't know if he's going to be back or not. I would. Uh, Sark said today he's going to tell us more on Thursday. I assume we're going to. It's going to be a game time decision whether or not he's. He may not. Have, you know, they may have amputated the foot. He's still going to be a game time decision because that's kind of the gamesmanship that has been going on a lot this year. But uh, Rod Babers did talk today on Ian Rodby about something that the Horns did to change it up when JT Sanders went out. It's going to be something to watch for as they play OU next weekend. Here's uh, Rob Babers from Ian Robbie this morning talking about what the Longhorns did after J.T. Sanders' injury. One of the, I guess, one of the unfortunate 
storylines coming out of the Texas Kansas game because there are a lot of good things. Um, was the injury to JT Sanders? He's and there's some structural damage, so he's got to go through some some training room sessions, and he'll be able to play. We just don't know if he's going to be you know ninety percent, seventy percent, whatever it may be. Uh, but there was an adjustment made. That happened at the end of the first quarter. Maybe it was the beginning of the second quarter. It was right around that time where the injury happened. And the adjustment by Sark was the Big 12 package, which is their extra offensive lineman, the Malik Ogbo package. They throw him out there as the extra offensive lineman. In that game, they played more of that 6-0 line package than they've played in any game than, since that, Sark's, that Sark's been the head coach at Texas. Uh, they introduced this package last season, I believe it was against ULM, where they introduced the package. And they honestly run it in uh, in most of their games, but never uh, to the extent or at the rate they ran it in the Kansas game. Um, that's the mo- And based on my notes, that's the most snaps of it. Uh, and Malik think had 22 snaps, according to Pro Football Focus. So the most snaps of that 6-0 line package they've had. The beauty of it is... Uh, when they throw out of it, they were six of six when they threw out of it versus Kansas um, and averaged over 16 yards per attempt. It's one of those uh, packages where they, it presents you with so many threats in the running game, especially because Texas was running it so well, um, that you have to respect the run. You can almost guarantee against a lot of teams one-on-ones on the outside. Now, they could decide, you know what, no, we're not going to let Texas win the one-on-ones on the outside. And by the way, you're you're running your offense with fewer receivers when you decide to do that, too. I mean, you're going to run your offense usually with their big 12 package. JT Sanders was the tight end, but he gets hurt. It's going to helm now. He's the other tight end. Malik Ogbo is considered their other big tight end for the big 12 package. One back, two tight ends. And then they'll have Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell. Or they could have Xavier Worthy and Jay Witt, only the two receivers out there. And then they'll have uh, one back in their game. And they run a lot of three receiver routes. Hell, they don't even run some two receiver routes, but they're long developing routes, as you as just pointed out, 16.6 yards per attempt, because they got extra offensive linemen in there to help them block to get those routes developing downfield. And we're talking about, I mean, at one by I would I would say in one of those six O line packages, you saw them running deep curls and deep outs. I mean, you got Sarks now running 17 yard curls in this offense to Xavier Worthy, which is as a defensive back, I can tell you, is just unheard of. You gotta have a quarterback that can make those throws confidently, which Quinn Ewers can. Um, there's a different element to that. I think maybe that's just start kind of stretching out the opposing defense. But in the Oklahoma game, I believe what they're gonna do to supplement some of the JT Sanders play, if he can't, you know, play at 100% or they don't, they want to have him on a pitch count, it'll be that big, that big 12 package. Most he's ever played and it's probably the best and the most effective that I've seen their big 12 package too which makes sense because they're so deep on the O-line. But no, they did not have an incompletion out of the Big 12 package in that Kansas game, uh, Sixteen yard, over 16 yards per attempt, and the explosive play rate. They had three explosive plays uh, of over 15 yards or more passing the football out of the Big 12 package because, like I said, it, it almost guarantees one-on-ones. If they decide that they want to win the numbers game in the passing game, they can, but then you're going to get whipped and bullied up front. Because Texas has basically, you know, with all the, I don't know exactly, I think their average weight for the offensive line is what, 325? Yeah. Something like that. So you <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of, man, you're talking about damn near close to two, with, at the tight end, they're close to 2,000 pounds of human up there. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be defending that with a light box. 
Well, and that's <laughs> that's a, that's a scary proposition you you're, you're mentioning. I mean, that's obviously something Brett Venables is going to be looking at this week. I mean, he has it's one, to. It's one thing if you got that if you got that wall in front of Quinn Ewers, who has one of the best arms in college football. And then you've got guys like A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. Your defensive backs can do a good job, but they can't cover them for five it's or six seconds. It's, it's, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. 17-yard curls. It, I'm know? like, come on, man. I'm not supposed to have to cover a 17-yard curl, coach. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got this guy with a rifle on his right arm who can deliver that pass uh, on point. And, you know, Quinn yeah. was really spinning it. I thought he was ripping it, ripping it nice on Saturday, stepping into those throws. He made one throw down near the goal line where he kind of – Fell off his back foot and almost threw an interception. Threw it behind Jay Witt, but uh, and Quinn did throw his first pick of the year. Yes, he did at the end of the first half when he was trying to force the ball and trying to get a field goal before the end. That's one he'd like to have back. But other than that, Quinn has had really good ball security. And you're right; that's a that presents a real problem to a defense, it, especially for an under. If you're an undersized defense, and by the way, Oklahoma their their defensive line is not necessarily a a really you know big. You know, gargantuan, humongous off a uh, defensive line. They haven't gotten there yet because Brent Venable is still a little bit behind in getting those big bodies. I think for Sark, maybe he unveiled this not only because he wants Oklahoma to have to prepare for everything. Right? We talked about his campaign of misinformation, um, but I think it's something you may see because he believes that he can bully Oklahoma a little bit, and that'll keep Dylan Gabriel and that offense off the field. And I think he may be thinking if we end up in some type of shootout. This will be the best way for me to help play complimentary football. He talks about it all the time and help my defense out. I can just keep Dylan Gabriel off the field and play some bully ball with six offensive linemen out there. And we'll see what the, I don't know, the counter will be. I think, I think the counter is going to be for Venables. He's going to blitz a lot. And we talked about this. Remember I told you, I think Kansas should have been blitzing on rundowns. I talked about that in the pregame. I've been blitzing on rundowns and then you want to try to make sure you can get after Quinn, whether it be simulated pressures or whether it be second level pressures on third downs on predictable passing downs. I think Oklahoma on early downs, they're going to blitz just because they got to start making, they got to make plays in the backfield. Yep. Against Texas, you get Texas offensive line going, like I said, with six offensive linemen, damn near 2,000 pounds of mass and girth coming at you. It, it's hard for you just to hold up and be stout unless you got big bodies. Oklahoma doesn't have those big bodies. The best thing they can do is penetrate and kind of slash through and try to make plays in the backfield with faster, undersized guys. Well, as we mentioned, now coming back from the break, Oklahoma does lead the Big 12 in te- total defense as far as points allowed, just 10 points a game. Uh, but this is obviously their biggest test to this point, and they have not played a great offense. But Texas has gotten the benefit of playing backup quarterbacks each of the last three weeks. And, heck, even Jalen Milrow was so bad against Texas, they benched him the next week. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, we'll see. This Dylan Gabriel's a six-year player, he's a really good player. But, you know, it's still come down. you played in that game, Rod, what, four times? It yeah, comes down to players. It's a it player's game. you got to make plays. Got to make plays there. We're going to come back. Text line is still open, 512-447-3776. We will come back, wrap up the show here on a Monday afternoon right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. 
Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. It is last call. Thanks, everybody, for playing along on the text line today. 512-447-3776. Save it. Join in the conversation every day here on the Sports Complex. It makes it so much more fun uh, when you guys are part of the show. Chief, our friend Chief Engineer uh, does try and give us some names. We asked you guys for some names for the uh, the Red River rivalry that we could say a little bit easier. That uh, we're better. I'm a Texas OU guy. That's what I say. But uh, you get trash versus class, trailers versus towers. Not bad. I'm not. Both those are pretty good. I don't know if I'm gonna go. If I'm gonna say Austin is class though, I think Austin's a great city. I think there's a lot of things. But I wouldn't. I don't. I, the, one of the reasons I like it is because it's not just a straight, state classy place. You know. You know. You just, I don't like classy. I'm a, I'm a fan of the bars that are darker and. and Dive bars and the music scene and all that. It doesn't be classy, but I like it. I like it. Uh, we get a, uh, it's not one word, but I still like it from Blind Longhorn fan of the straight fair street fight. I like the state fair street fight too. It is still, it's still a little bit longer. I like, cause Bedlam's the one. Bedlam is the best one in my opinion. Uh, but I, I know there's some there that the state fight street fight is not a bad one, but it is, uh, I'm still I, I still go Texas OU is what I go. If you have any more, send those in. I'll get to them before the end of the show. Uh, uh, Chan does say the the team. I you said the game with more talent. I think the team with more talent doesn't necessarily win this game. That's true. It's always in a rivalry game. The team with more talent doesn't win the game. However, if you are a team that is playing well, that you are a team that is handling what their business, you are a more physical team. You can do a lot of these things. Then you should be able to go out there. And impose your will. Now, Oklahoma's going to put up their best fight. I, we know that. We know that that's why this is a rivalry game. It's not like you can sit around and say, you know, it's a 95% chance Texas wins. That's silly to say. But I do think that this is a team with two coaches that are going to be coming into it a much more strategical game plan and, and strategic game plan that they want to see what they want to see implemented. I'm not sure that Brent Venables is the guy who's going to be really pushing for we got to win this. That is a thing. That was a Tom Herman thing, that it was much more emotional coach. Uh, you know, Charlie Strong was a much more emotional coach. Neither one of these guys is necessarily the most emotional coach. They're going to try and get their guys hyped up, but it is about implementing things, focus, and performing at the level you need to perform, and not necessarily trying to step out and, and overdo things and not follow what the coaches say. Both these guys really like to have control, so it may not be that as much. But I like it. I like it. Uh, Waterloo, we, I, you know what? I'm fine. Waterloo's okay too. That's not a bad one. I don't know if it implies. I, I like all these. I don't know if we're going to find the right answer. I think that we, we would have found the right answer. It already happened. I appreciate everybody trying. If you have one, State Fair Street Fight is one. And I think my man Craig Way came up with that one. The great Craig Way. Uh, he's, you know, that's a solid one. It's a great one. Uh, it's much better than Red River Rivalry. We know that. If we're going to go with that one. But again, it has the same problems as Shootout. Uh, that people don't want to say it because it's Shootout. And it's all about corporate advertising. So that's why they won't use it. But, you know, it is what it is. Reminder, tomorrow, uh, Rangers pregame right here at 1.30 on the horn. Uh, 2 p.m. T- uh, first pitch. We'll see how long that game goes. There may be some interruption of the sports complex tomorrow. We do not know yet. Uh, how long that game will go, if it'll finish early and we'll be on at regular time. But whenever it finishes, we'll be right back here uh, on the horn. And uh, remember remember that Friday we will have a big show happening. Uh, Aaron Hogan is going to be going to Dallas at Terry Black's in Dallas. 
uh, hanging out with the, the Inside Texas guys. They're going to be doing a show out there. Joining me on ours here is Rob Babers is going to come in uh, to help me out with here in the studio. So a big, giant three-hour pregame we're going to be working on uh, on Friday that we want everybody to join us for to get you ready for Texas OU because it is an 11 a.m. tip. So they're going to be doing the morning show, the pregame show the morning of Texas OU. A lot of coverage, but since it is 11 a.m., you know, the night before, we want to get you even more prepared it is Texas OU weekend, and this week, it, this this year, it matters a lot. This is two undefeated teams. This is two top twenty-five teams. This is playoff implications. This is Big Twelve championship implications this week at OU. So a huge week that we're going to have. Friday is going to be a lot of fun with Aaron Hogan and Rod Babers. Appreciate everybody joining us on the text line tonight. Uh, we will give a shout out tonight. Cal, uh, we do have the Giants. And uh, Seattle, Seattle, two and a half point favorites. Giants are uh, Saquon Barkley is officially ruled out. Uh, if you're like me, then you're rooting for a Darren Waller big game. I don't think it's going to happen though. Uh, Seattle for me, I, I like Seattle in the numbers uh, because I like Seattle to cover. Just I, I just feel better. You know, I like both coaches, but I think that Seattle is just a little bit more there as a team without Saquon Barkley. I don't know if the balanced attack can happen for. The Giants are going to have to do this defensively, really, against Geno Smith and this uh, Seattle team. So I, I, I'm going to go with Seattle in this game. Uh, but, you know, you know, whoever. We, let's hope for a good game tonight, guys. Let's hope for a good game. <laughs> That's what we're going for. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, after the Rangers game, we'll be right here, uh, whatever that is. But don't just tune in, and we'll be there. It's, it won't be too much longer. I doubt this is going to go 20 innings. Hopefully the Rangers win, you know, Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, and we don't even have it on Thursday. We'll get ready and a big show Friday. Until, until tomorrow, though, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Sports Complex on the Horn.